0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the live stream church services, the daily devotional, and the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael in part 2 of his teaching in 2nd Chronicles chapter 20, called The Battle is Not Yours.
1: If God is for us, who can be against us. Sometimes we just need to quote scripture for us. God does not need to be reminded about his word. Oh, that I, that's a Bible verse they're quoting right now. Gabriel, Michael? No. God already knows his word. <laughs> but we need to quote his word because it strengthens us. You see, if God is for us, who can be against us? God did not even spare his own son, So we go down in Romans 8, and we see in verse 37, and all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. I am convinced, says Paul, that neither death nor life, angels, principalities, nor things present, nor things come, nor powers, things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? He says to Zerubbabel in Zechariah 4.6, Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. It won't be your might, it won't be your power, it will be my Spirit. Just invite me in, and let me do the work. And so as the leader of the nation, he says, Power and might are in your hand. No one can stand against you. You are all-powerful. In times of war, fear can be a healthy thing for us spiritually speaking because they force us to seek God. They force us to get serious with God again. They call upon us to lean into Him. When you don't need God in your natural everyday life, you can just go on business as usual. But times of war, times of difficulty, times of challenge force you back to God, and that can be a healthy thing. It's not always a comfortable thing. I completely acknowledge that. But it's a healthy thing for you spiritually. I want to take you to 2 Chronicles 7, a little bit back in the book, and show you when they're uh, dedicating the temple where the people had come to pray. This is 2 Chronicles 7. Let's look at verse 7. 2 Chronicles 7, 7, Solomon consecrated the middle of the court that was before the house of the Lord. For there he offered the burnt offerings and the fat of the peace offerings because the, uh, the bronze altar which Solomon has, had made was not able to contain the burnt offering, the grain offering and the fat. So Solomon observed the feast at the time for seven days and all Israel with him, a very great assembly who came from the entrance of Hamath to the brook of Egypt. On the eighth day they held a solemn assembly verse 9 for the dedication of the altar they observed 7 days and the feast 7 days Then on the 23rd day of the 7th month he sent to the people he sent the people to their tents rejoicing and happy of heart because of the goodness that the Lord had shown to David and to Solomon and to his people Israel Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's palace and successfully completed all that he had planned on doing in the house of the Lord and in his palace, then the Lord appeared to Solomon at night, verse 12, and said to him, "I have heard your prayer. I have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. If I shut up the heaven so that there is no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, and my people, who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways." Then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Now my eyes shall be open and my ears attentive to the prayer offered in this place. For now I have chosen and consecrated this house, that my name may be there forever. And my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. As they dedicated the temple, they were reminded, if you go back to Second Chronicles 20, that God is faithful. But God does respond to prayer. God does move when we pray. God does ask us to invoke his name. To call upon him. So that he might enter into the battle. If you want to do it alone. He'll say have at it. Lots of luck. And so. As the leader of the nation is up there praying. He reminds God of what he did. Not that God needs a reminder. Verse 7. Did thou not. O our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and give it to the descendants of Abraham, thy friend forever. Notice Abraham's called God's friend. And they lived in it, verse 8, 2 Chronicles 20, and have built thee a sanctuary there for thy name, saying, should evil come upon us, the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before thee, for thy name is in this house, and cry to thee in our distress, and thou will hear And deliver us in the early stages of the United States of America at the Continental Congress when the nation was really having to make some very difficult decisions in the Declaration of Independence and so forth they called for prayer and fasting in our earliest meetings with the founders of our nation people who practice revisionistic history are out to lunch They have not read the documents that go with this nation or they have chosen to ignore them or they simply don't know. But here's the deal. Our founders, many of them were studying for the ministry or were in the ministry, and they cried out to God at the beginnings of this nation that the Lord would help us and His smiles from heaven would come upon this nation. This is the nation that you live in. The United States of America, certainly imperfect, certainly founded by men that had their foibles and frailties and made their mistakes, but nonetheless they believed in this instruction that if we call upon God, he will be faithful. If any nation decides to make Yahweh their God and to say righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people, God will smile upon that nation. And that's what we've had for 200 plus years in this nation is the smiles of heaven. But we have to be careful that we don't think that we did it ourselves. That it was some ingenuity on our part that made us what we are today. The moment that we do that, the moment that we deny our history and deny biblical revelation, we run the danger of God lifting his hand from us. This is the precedent that we have in 2 Chronicles. Just like we have the story of the chronicles of Narnia. You guys remember that story? This is the chronicles of a nation that sometimes trusted God and at other times didn't. And what happened as a result? Will you hear? Will you deliver us, O Lord? Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 1.10, He delivered us from a, so great a peril of death and will deliver us. He on whom we have set our hope and he will yet deliver us. God is faithful to deliver. And now, 2nd Chronicles 20:10, behold the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, which is uh, in Edom, whom thou didst not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. They turned aside from them and did not destroy them. Behold, now they are rewarding us by coming to drive us out from thy possession which thou hast given us as an inheritance. O our God, will thou not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude, verse 12, who are coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on thee. I was listening to Alistair Begg preach, and he said, verse 12 of Second Chronicles 20 is the story of their church. Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Could I submit to you that that's not a bad mission statement for a church? Because we can read all kinds of books that tell us the different models. We can get a notebook about how to reach our community and what we should be doing and this or that. But could I just say to you that if we keep our eyes where they belong, we'll know what to do ultimately. If we seek him, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, Hebrews 12, 2, who is the author and what? Perfecter of our faith. We need to look away from the other things. That's what the Greek means in Hebrews 12 too, And fix our eyes on Jesus. Are your eyes on him? It's so easy to get your eyes off him into the strategic plans, into the bullet point lists, into doing this and that. And Jesus says, no, you're running a race. You look at me and I'll get you to the finish line. You rely on my resources and my power and I'll get you where you need to be. So many times in my life, I've been right here. I don't know what to do. I don't claim to have all the answers. (laughs) Remember when you were younger? Some of you are young right now. And you thought you knew everything about every subject. And then as you get older, you realize how much you actually don't know. Well, that's kind of how life is. Go to 2 Chronicles 14. Look at verse 9, 2 Chronicles 14, 9 says, Now Zerah the Ethiopian came out against them with an army of a million men and 300 chariots, 2 Chronicles 14, 9, and he came to Marashat. So Asa went out to meet him, and they drew up in battle formation in the valley of that place. (laughs) Then Asa called to the Lord his God, verse 11, and said, Lord, there is no one besides Thee to help in battle between the powerful and the, those who have no strength. So help us, O Lord our God, for we trust in Thee. And in Thy name have come against the multitude, O Lord, Thou art our God. Let no man prevail against Thee. When you bring God into the battles, back to Second Chronicles 20, when you have a temptation, some of you hide from God in your times of temptation. It's as though you feel that somehow God may not know what's going on or maybe you, know, you should be on vacation as a Christian for a few minutes. But if you say, Lord, you know I've fallen to this temptation 200 times and I cannot deal with it. It is bigger than me. I cannot beat it. Help me.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment.
1: As you know, the coronavirus pandemic has forced local and state governments to make some regulations to keep people safe. That means Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California, the church behind Walk in Truth, where Michael Lance serves as senior pastor, must resort to live streaming their Wednesday night and Sunday morning services. Many churches are having to face the same shutdown to abide by social distancing regulations. If your church is unable to live stream their service, we invite you to fellowship with us from the comfort of your home during this unfortunate time. Visit walkintruth.com and click on church. That's walkintruth.com. Click on church.
0: Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth.
1: So many times in my life, I've been right here, I don't know what to do. I don't claim to have all the answers. <laughs> Remember when you were younger, some of you are young right now, and you thought you knew everything about every subject, and then as you get older, you realize how much you actually don't know? Well, that's kind of how life is. Go to 2 Chronicles 14. Look at verse 9. 2 Chronicles 14, 9 says, Now Zerah the Ethiopian came out against them with an army of a million men and 300 chariots, 2 Chronicles 14, 9, and he came to Marashat. So Asa went out to meet him and they drew up in battle formation in the valley of that place. <laughs> <laughs> then Asa called to the Lord his God, verse 11, and said, Lord, there is no one besides thee to help in battle between the powerful and the, those who have no strength. So help us, O Lord our God, for we trust in thee. And in thy name have come against the multitude, O Lord, thou art our God. Let no man prevail against thee. When you bring God into the battles, back to Second Chronicles 20, when you have a temptation, some of you hide from God in your times of temptation. It's as though you feel that somehow God may not know what's going on or maybe, you know, you should be on vacation as a Christian for a few minutes. But if you say, Lord, you know I've fallen to this temptation 200 times and I cannot deal with it. It is bigger than me. I cannot beat it. Help me. It's not like it's a revelation to God that you're struggling with that same thing for the 200th time. But when you invite him in, when you say, Lord, I need your strength because I've lost to this thing so many times. I've responded this same way so many times to this situation and this person. God will be faithful to show up and strengthen you. You see, it's all about where your focus is. And so all Judah... Verse 13, 2 Chronicles 20 was standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives, and their children. You see, it wasn't just about Jehoshaphat. It was about everyone, the whole nation, the infants, the children, the wives. We're on the golf course one day, and there was a guy walking by, and he was moving kind of slow. He's an older guy, and he walks the golf course apparently several times a week. And, you know, he's moving very slow, pushing his, his bag. But then we watched him hit the ball. And he hit the ball amazingly well. In fact, he was playing by himself, and he dropped two or three balls and hit them all on the green. And we were all like, wow, wow, we never can do that. And then he started moving along again at a very slow pace. And he passed us. And he said, do you know the key to this game, boys? And we said, no, no, what is it? Tell us, Mr. Golf Guru. (laughs) Shine on us. He said, this game is all about focus. And we're like, yeah. Yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. But how many of you are over the golf balls of life? And sometimes, do you know? (laughs) I don't know if I can stay in camera here, but I'm going to (laughs) try. Do you know what the biggest problem of a golfer is? How many of you can say it? It's lifting your head. The little golf ball doesn't even move and you could put it on a tee. But somehow, we want to see where it went before we hit it. Where is it? Where is it? And then your fellow players say, It's right at your feet. You missed it. (laughs) What? (laughs) It's true. Golf is about focus. Your spiritual life is about focus. And so the whole nation is there. They prayed. Write down Psalms 121 and 123. I'm not going to take you there, but I think it will bless you maybe for your devotional time, Psalms 121 and 123. Then in the midst of the assembly, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehezel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, the Levite of the sons of Asaph. Now they prayed. But the question is, now what? Okay, we prayed, and that's sometimes how you and I feel. Okay, pastor says, when I'm in trouble... I should pray. Okay, Lord, uh, I don't know if I need to pray in King James English. I'll just do regular English. Okay. Uh, <laughs> What's supposed to happen next? Should there be a sign from heaven, a lightning bolt? What is it? Well, here, a word came. It came through this man Jehaziel verse 14, the spirit of the Lord came on him and he said, listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but God's tomorrow. Go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness of Jeruel. You need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves, stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out and face them, for the Lord is with you. You prayed. You called upon my name. The Spirit of the Lord gave a message through a prophet. And here's the message You go out, but when you go out, you're not even gonna have to fight. It's like the book of Exodus when Moses says, stand still and see the salvation of our God. And God, what did he do? He opened the Red Sea for them to pass through. He said, those Egyptians, that army that you're so afraid of, you will see them no more after this day. You won't see them again. The things that we fear." You know, fear paralyzes so many people. It paralyzes the church from witnessing. It paralyzes sometimes us from getting involved in battles that we should be fighting. Because we let fear win the day. And faith is the antidote to fear. But it's not just faith in our faith. It's faith in God. It's knowing God's been running the universe for a long time. He's dealt with Red Seas and Egyptian armies and foreign armies and millions of soldiers and chariots and overwhelming odds. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do you believe that? The battle is not yours. You are part of the army of God. No one can defeat him. You see, all you have to do is stand still and see the salvation of God. Do you know Jehaziel's name who gave the message? He's a Levite of the sons of Asaph. His name means beheld of God, or you could say behold God, or look to God, or maybe God looking to him. Do you remember the story of Hagar? She has that fight with Sarai, and she goes out, and she's pregnant with Ishmael, and uh, She, Sarai, treats her harshly and we understand there's difficulty there and she goes out and she's all by herself and the angel of the Lord shows up and he speaks a word of comfort to her. And she then names the location. She says, he is the God who sees me. He sees me in my struggles, in my battles, in my weaknesses, in the times that I do well and the times that I'm so weak, He sees me and He loves me. Isn't that amazing? He loves me at the worst of my times and at the best.
0: You're listening to The Battle Is Not Yours, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Second Chronicles, Chapter 20. Here's a quick reminder that Pastor Michael Lance is the Senior Pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship here in Corona, California. Right now, because of the coronavirus shutdowns, our church is live streaming our Wednesday night and Sunday morning services. That's Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Visit walkintruth.com and click on Church. That's walkintruth.com and click on Church. Now, here's Pastor Michael.
1: Well, we are studying a incredible battle scene, but we realized that really they didn't even have to fight. They just had to pray and trust God. And of course, there was some action that they took, but the Lord ultimately fought the battle. And this is an an example of putting your faith into action. You know, the battle's not your, my yours, my friend. It's the Lord's. He does the work. When you preach the gospel, he's already imbued it with his power. It's the power of God. He's already given you the power of the Holy Spirit. So we don't have to freak out. We don't have to stress out. But we do want to be available to the Lord during this crisis. And you may say, well, Pastor Michael, I'm cooped up in the house. How do I do that? Well, you can be praying for people that you've never prayed for before. Perhaps pick up the phone and say, hey, you are on my heart, and I want to pray for you right now. How about a text message? Um, What if you had a goal of, A couple people a day, you're sending a Bible verse to that's blessed you. This is a way to redeem our time. Uh, If you're out at the store and you have to go out, uh, taking all the proper precautions, but also being a light, having a smile, having the peace of Christ. Uh, Maybe you get a chance to share with someone. Of course, you're six feet away (laughs) and you say, hey, check this live stream out or go here or, you know, just point people to the hope. Uh, that we have in Jesus. Remember, we have a Wednesday service that's going to stream live 7 p.m. Pacific time. And you can connect with that service when you go to walkintruth.com and you click on the church tab and you'll find your way to our YouTube channel. We're also live streaming at 10 a.m. on Sundays, same YouTube channel. And uh, you can also access it the same way when you go to walkintruth.com. Click on the church tab subscribe, click on the bell. You'll get notifications, share it, and be blessed. And I pray that you're getting as much spiritual food as you can right now so that you're growing and you stay strong in the Lord. I pray that he'll keep you strong. He'll bless you and your family. Let's be praying over our nation, over the church. Let's be repenting of sin and asking the Lord for revival. God bless you, and we'll catch you tomorrow. Come
0: back tomorrow for part three and the conclusion of Pastor Michael's encouraging message in Second Chronicles, Chapter 20, called The Battle Is Not Yours. I'm Mike Masara. Thanks for listening to Walk and Truth. Our goal is to reach out with God's truth to encourage, teach, and bless you during a time of hardship.